I couldn't figure out why God woke up this morning with Mark 11, 23, 24 in my hand. I'm writing it down. I don't know why he did that. You ever had that happen? You wake up and God says, hey, think about this scripture. Okay. Can you go back to sleep? I want, to, I want to talk this morning about something very, very important. I want to talk about the foundation of living a life of faith. We also call it what makes me me. You know, faith is not supposed to be what you have. It's supposed to be who you are. I personally, I can't say anything for you because I don't, I don't live in your skin. I'm, I'm too wishy-washy. I'm too wishy-washy. Baby, I, I know y'all are. Y'all don't have any issues with that. But I, I, I am. I'm too flip-floppy. I flip-flop from being fierce like a tiger to being hiding over behind the wine press like Gideon. I know none of y'all have that issue. I know y'all just walking in boldness all the time. Just just going, you know, bear hunting with a switch. I mean, just really happy. But the wishy-washy nature that I have is because I don't stay rooted and grounded to my foundation. I let things push me around. No, I know none of y'all do that. None of y'all let life push you around, circumstances push you around. You don't let nothing push your buttons. I know. I know. Hey, it's good to see you, brother. It's good to see you, sir. I know that nothing that nothing gets y'all aggravated or frustrated or off your game at all. Nothing pushes you off your faith at all. Nothing pushes you into being too, thinking too much or having too much fear or worry. None of that happens to y'all, just me. And that's fine. I'm, I'm just going to preach to me this morning. I'm just going to preach to me this morning. But I remember I was riding down the road with my daddy in his truck one day. And I just wanted to know that I never really asked him the question. I asked him if he had... You know, a foundational verse of his life, or a life verse. And I had a bunch of verses I thought he would come up with, and then none of them were that verse. And, and this is the verse that he told me, and I'm going to preach from this this morning. We're going to talk about some things in this. It's Psalms 19, verse 14. It said, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my firm and movable rock in my redeemer. And it took me aback just a second. Because I had a, there's a bunch of verses I thought Dad would choose. But then I began to think about the life my dad lived. And the thing I can tell you about my pops, he didn't always do it right, but he always tried to. He didn't always do it right, but he always tried to. I've never seen in my entire life, I've never seen my father do anything intentionally to harm anyone. And it's because this was his verse. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing to you, God, my rock and my redeemer. 
And I begin to, I, this week I've been just thinking about this verse. I've been meditating on this verse. It just, it just keeps popping up because I find so many times that I do things or I think things or I have things going on in my life that I got to turn around and say, sorry, God. Uh, I, I know I'm wrong with that. Yeah, y'all, y'all, if you know me well, you'll know this. I lose my temper easy. I'm better about not acting on it than I used to be, but I get irritated easy. I'm very frustrated. I'm, easy, I'm easily, if something ain't right, you see, the thing about me is I, I, am, I am a very matter of fact, this is it and this is not it. And this is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Let's get this doing what it's supposed to be doing. And it don't matter what's in the way, we'll run over anything we need to run over to get this to acting like this, because that's how it's supposed to act. Huh? The whole, the whole, the whole cackling over here. The hen house is acting with my comments, apparently. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of clucking going on. No, he has pulled it. It's just wisdom just rolls all around in there. Yeah. yeah, I feel that wisdom. Hey, listen, whatever they're saying, I'm sure is true. <laughs> I'm sure whatever they're saying is true. Like I said, it is. It is. That's how I'm. That's how I'm sewn up with the problem. I'm cut out, but I should be sewn up that way. Because the problem is this: is is it makes me act or feel ways that would not be pleasing to God. Because see, what happens is, in order to do this, I've got to get outside of my emotional response to a thing. Because my emotional response, most of the time, my human nature response, is not going to be pleasing to God. You said we said this is the foundation of faith. Well, okay, let's walk through it. The Bible says, without faith, it's what? Impossible. Huh? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I know immediately the, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart have to be faith-filled things. Because if I want my words and my actions, my words, my meditations, my words, my thoughts to be pleasing to God, they've got to be words of faith and meditation of faith. If they're words of fear and meditation of fear, I can cut that out immediately because I know that's not pleasing to God. If they're words of doubt and unbelief, if they're they're meditation of doubt and unbelief, I know that's not God. I know that's not pleasing unto God. Yeah, amen? Amen. We know, we know that faith, without faith it's impossible to please God. And I want my words and my meditation to do what? Please God. So there's got to be some little link right there. I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But I can link the pleasing of God in those two places. Amen? Amen? Amen. So I know that if I'm not saying things that are full of faith. See, what happens is Janice spoke to some people here that are going through something. You can go through something, but it doesn't need to go through you. Because see, what typically happens is and when we start going through something, it ends up going through us. And it changes the meditation of our heart. And it changes the words of our mouth. And all of a sudden, that cycle... All of a sudden, we get stuck in this perpetual cycle of re-imprisoning ourselves in the same problem because we can't change our mouth or what we're thinking and meditating. You ever been stuck in a situation that just seems like it is going on forever? Guess what? I can point you to the person who is perpetuating the cycle. It is in your mirror when you look in the mirror. You are the person perpetuating the bad cycle. 
Why? Because the word talks about whatever a man sows. That and that only is what it says. The actual translation, the Greek translation says that and that alone. You cannot reap something you do not sow, and you can't, if you sow something, it will come up. So if my constant conversation is me planting words of doubt and unbelief about my current scenario. Listen, I have extended problems in my life tenfold because I wouldn't shut up about them. <coughs> I'm going to give y'all a big help right here. If you've got a real bad problem in your life, shut up! <laughs> Just shut up! You ain't got to tell everybody. You ain't got to share everything wrong in your life. You know what really bothers me? Shut up! You know what? The devil can't read your mind, but he can hear your stinking mouth. Why would you give the enemy the ammunition to shoot you with? You know what drives me crazy? The devil says, huh, was it? Go ahead, tell me. I didn't know before, but now I know. That's good stuff. He said, I can use that. <coughs> he also hears what you tell everybody else. In Joshua 1, God tells Joshua, don't let the book of the law depart from what? Your mouth. But do what? Meditate on it day and night. So then you shall make your way prosperous and have good success. He says, you got to take it, Joshua. I'm going to give you all this strength and power and faith, but you got to be the one that continually plants the garden to come up. Amen. See, you don't even, you can't even get saved without what this verse says. Amen. It says, with the faith without what this verse says. Amen. It says, with the mouth speaks. Boy, it really starts to convict me whenever my mouth turns wrong. No, maybe y'all don't get that. You will have to listen. You can't see the good thing is after I preach this to you on Sunday, you can't ever leave it, y'all. Can't, can't go away without, without God reminding you. Hey, remember that? Hey, why are you saying that? Hey, why is your mouth saying that? See, my problem is this. Whenever I get mad or get angry and I blow up about being mad, that means it's built up inside of me for so long that it finally has to spew out. Whenever all I speak is negativity, it means my entire insides. When I speak fear, it means I am so full of fear. I always picture it like the cap on a radiator. That the pressure builds up enough. And as soon as the top comes off, as soon as you unlatch the lips and the picket fence. <laughs> See, God gave your mouth an ability to shut for a reason. But by the time it gets out of my mouth, it's become, it's been such a part of who I am. It's like, I'll say something, it will blow. Circumstances will happen. Life will happen. Things happen in life. But the job of the rudder is to hold the ship against the wind. Yeah. Amen. 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 
Say, I'm preaching better than y'all responding because y'all must not be catching what I'm saying. Then you can have anything going on in your life. You can have all the storms of life raging against you. But the job of the rudder is to be able to hold the life or hold the ship steady in the storm. But let me tell you something. If you get into a storm and you just pop the rudder up out of the water... That ship is going wherever the storm. See, how is it to always end up wherever the storm pushes me? See, back in some of my my unsavory days, I have been to I have been to Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Even in my unsavory days, I hated that. You know about pure misery. But what made it miserable, same as I like to go. I don't like to go places where I'm in big crowds. I like to control where I go. And in Mardi Gras, you just go wherever the crowd is pushing. I mean, you don't get no choice. You just go in there whatever street you end up in the middle of. You go in where you get pushed. I mean, that's why the only time I've ever been in New York City, I was grateful I was with Jason. <laughs> Jason like a rudder. He steers the tide. We were, we 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 were we didn't plan this well. We went on this this cousin ski trip. We had a blast. We skied the Poconos. We flew in and out of LaGuardia Airport in New York. But well, we were flying out on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so we had the genius idea to go see Times Square on New Year's Eve. It was in the afternoon. It wasn't at night, thank God. I've been in jail. But we're walking down these streets, and there's literally just people everywhere. I don't, I, I, listen, I know some folks are built for that, but I don't know how anybody enjoyed that. I don't know how anybody would enjoy that. That's just crazy talk. But as we walk, we all just formed a straight line behind Jake. And Jason just walked. I mean, it didn't matter. Yeah, it was like, it just, I mean, it's just like people just moving. I mean, he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to, he just walked. I mean, just put his head down. Jason was just ready to get out of that way. He was just good to be done with that. And so we're all just falling in line. It didn't matter how much the storm was pushing, man. We had the rudder, and the rudder was moving. But I said that to make a point, but here's the deal. It doesn't matter what the storm looks like. If the helmsman is properly using the rudder, but so many times we just surrender the direction to the wind. More times than not in my life, I just surrender the direction to the wind. Have a bad morning. This whole day's going to be garbage. Hey, that's truth, man. That's truth. I've had many, 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 many times where a bad 10 minutes turned into a bad 14 hours. Because the 10 minutes got in my spirit. And I was just in a bad mood. Every day you're like, I'm in a bad mood. Well, why? I don't know. I'm just in a bad mood. I, yeah, a funk. I'm just in a funk. I'm just discombobulated. 
Have I ever been just discombobulated? That's my own fault. My attitude is my fault. My garbage, crabby, crappy, sorry attitude is my fault. And yours is your fault. Your fault. By finding anyone who will listen to my complaints. Anyone who, wants to, anyone who will listen to me grumble as long as I'll turn around and listen to them grumble. <laughs> misery does love company. Because misery don't know how for a positivity to open its mouth and shut misery up. <laughs> you say, well, what do you do? Here's what you have to do. You have to change your inputs. Y'all heard me say this a bunch of times. God will never ask anything out of you that He didn't put in you. But you're not ever going to get anything out of you that you don't put in you. Garbage in. Garbage out. J.D. and I were having a conversation the other day where I was talking about how you can't go anywhere in this, in this world now without hearing people talking filth. The, the most recent time in my life that I almost got in a fight, boy, I wanted to punch this kid. <laughs> was we were at a Braves baseball game, sitting about a bunch of parents, and this kid sitting next to us, and these two, oh, they're probably 23, 24 years old. And then the one of them, the one of them, uh, the one of them thought he could hold more beer than he could. His ability to hold his alcohol was was much lower than he assumed it was. And he's sitting there, and this kid, this dude is just, just F this, and F that, F this, and Brandy's grabbing my leg, because she just knows. She just knows. I, I'm, 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 I mean, it's, 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 it is all the way up to the top of my head. Finally, I turned to the guy and said, would you just shut up? And he said, I paid for my ticket. I said, yeah, but no one around you paid with their children to hear you talk like a pure, a pure sailor and cuss every other breath. So shut up. And he said, it's a free country. <laughs> to which I told him that the founding fathers did not draft the First Amendment to give him the right to act like a jackass. <laughs> To which he kind of looked at me and started to kind of stand up. And I just stood up. His buddy just grabbed him and sat him back down. <laughs> I saw boss, you've been to make a bad decision. <laughs> it has been a great long minute since I've whooped anybody. But you can't go anywhere without hearing people right. talk vulgarity. Right. Guess what? That's all they hear. Every movie, every television show, every song. So guess what? It is flowing out what's flowing in. There are ways that people will conduct themselves today that they would have never conducted themselves 30, 40, 50 years ago. You know why? Because of what comes in through their eye gates. What, what, what is filled, what is being, being brought into their lives. What we're absorbing. Yep. 
As a child of God, as a Christian, our lives will reflect what we consume. If I want to be a person who is full of faith, I've got to fill myself with things of faith. I'm going to tell you this, and you may not like this, but whether you do or not, I don't care because I'm going to tell you anyways. You will never have what I'm talking about coming to church on Sunday and then doing everything else the rest of the week. If the only God that you ever get is sitting in church on a Sunday, that means you've got a thimble being poured in with a backhoe being filled in from the other side. But it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted. Man, I've had that scripture so strong on my heart all this week. It's like David writes in that song, God, I just want the words I speak and the way that I think and the way that I act to be acceptable to you. But there's a reason why that God puts that desire in the new believer and in the believer. Because it's through those, through those words, through that meditation, that our lives are formed, that our legacies are formed, that our foundation is built. Do you know every word that you say, every word that comes out of your mouth is contributing to your foundation? Amen. Every word I say is contributing to the foundation of my life. Here's what really gets me. Every word that I say is building my legacy. Anybody ever had their kid repeat something back to you? That you wish they had not heard? I will never forget Daddy's about six or seven yelling at a car in traffic. And I thought, uh, Cause see, you can't say stuff like that, and you can't blame it on nobody. You know it's you. You know it's you. But do you know that you can teach your kids fear? Do you know you can teach your kids fear? Do you know you can teach your kids doubt? Do you know you can teach your kids unbelief? Did you know that you can teach your kids anxiety and worry? You can teach your kids inferiority. Because the foundation of my life that is being created through my words is being put in the ears every day, as young as he is, y'all feel his inner self. Y'all are planting a garden in him at that age. Our children hear what we say. Our children hear the words that come out of our mouth. You ever had your kid do something and it scared you half to death? Yeah. I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. If it's something they need to learn how to do, 
pretend like you're not scared at all. I have watched more times in my life where kids feel the fear of their parents. Because they hear the fear. Well, that got right where we live. That's laying the foundation. That's laying the foundation. It's laying the foundation of our lives, laying the foundation of our kids' lives. See, it's awesome to speak over your child. Y'all stay with me. We're going we're gonna to walk this out here. It's awesome to have the time of day where you speak over your child, speak life over your child. But I got news for you. You're speaking over your child all the time. See, it's fine if you want to, if Cody wants to call his little one in and he wants to sit him in front of him and he wants to speak life for 15, 20 minutes. Bless him. Bless him before they go to school. We're going to pray for the kids before they go to school this, this morning. But to speak life over to bless them. But that's all fine and good. But if he changes his voice and he changes his mouth and he changes his speech pattern and changes the words that come out of his mouth the rest of the time, that is completely null and void. You pray with your kid at night, but if the 10 minutes you pray with your kid at night is canceled out by the fact that all they hear is doubt, unbelief, and fear the rest of the day, So you can pray in the morning. You get up, have your Bible reading devotional. And that's awesome, man. Get up, read your Bible, do devotions in the mornings or at night, whenever you do it. Whenever you do your, if you don't do a devotion, you should do a devotional time. I'm busy. If you're too busy for the Word of God, if you're too busy, cut something out. Maybe one of your TV programs. If you're too busy for the Word, you're too busy. If you're too busy for some time of worship, you're too busy. But now watch this. That's fine. So you get up, man. You may be the most committed person in the world to getting up and reading your Bible every morning before you go to work. But if the rest of the 23 hours and 33 hours and 30 minutes of the day, everything that comes out of your mouth is doubt and unbelief. Get the extra half hour of sleep. If it's not going to change if it's not going to change our mouths, if it's not going to change the abundance of our heart, so how do you do that? You've got to catch yourself. Scripture tells us, guard your heart. For out of it flows what? The issues of life. From the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. How do you think the issues of life get from your heart to your life? Sean, you ever had a sales guy you didn't want around your other sales guys? 
You can pick them out too, can't you? And you can watch if a guy starts hanging out with that guy, his sales numbers drop too. <coughs> you can watch him meet you just, as soon as he starts hanging around and be like, yep, next month his sales numbers will start going down and they'll be down where the other guys are. You know, God, because they stand out there and talk negatively to one another. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to show up today. We don't sell no cars. It's hot or training or it's this or it's that or every other reason in the world why they can't sell a car. And guess what? They don't sell a car. Right. You got a few guys you wish some people hang around with, don't you? Because they're always upbeat. Everybody that walks on the car a lot, they may, they may not buy now, but they'll buy sometime. And if they don't buy, somebody they know might buy. And their words reflect that. See, if my life is always in the dumps, life don't just pick on you. You're not life's punching back. Life kicks on everybody, but it's the ones who choose to set up camp there. Listen, let me tell you something. I have, I have in my life camped quite a bit. And I've picked some bad spots. I've camped there another night. Listen, you ever, you ever inadvertently set your, your tent up on a root? Some of y'all, it may probably end up people in here camped enough to even know. But you ever done that? Because you don't pay close attention or get there at night? Listen, let me tell you something. If I set my tent up on a roof, whoever's in my tent is getting up. Because we're going to pull the stakes up. We're going to move that sucker off that roof. Because I ain't sleeping on the roof all night. Some of y'all need to get up, pull up your tent stakes, and move your freaking tent from sleeping on the roof all night. Pastor, it wasn't for bad luck. I wouldn't have any luck. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in luck. Oh, you got No, I don't believe in luck. Because I am the maker of my own life. The Word of God forms my life. And my utilization of God's Word forms my life. If I've got a problem in my life and I've not yet spoken the, the Word of God to it, then I have nothing to complain about. How is it? Well, we just everybody did today. That's all right. God's been in my business all week. How is it that we will seek out advice from everybody? And then we'll follow. But the word. I'm gonna answer that for you. You want me to tell you what the answer is? Because everybody else will tell you it's the other situation and other person's fault. But the Word will tell you to fix it. See, the reason nobody wants to consult the Word and they want to consult their friend is because your friend is as stupid as you are. I was talking to these three back up front here. Raise your hand. Look at that row back there. Raise your hand. Let me tell you something. All three of y'all are as dumb as the one next to you. <laughs> no, I'm 
fixing to give you the greatest piece of advice anyone's ever going to give you. Don't ask each other for advice. You're all stupid. And you will remain stupid for many years to come. And you will always be more stupid than Sean. When he was your age, he was as stupid as you are now. But he's not your age now. No, I say that because we have all these kids nowadays, all these people, they learn it from us, they want to ask advice from their friends. Your friends are as dumb as you are. Oh, and by the way, I was going to give you some advice. This one back here, he said he don't, he's, he's too, too shy to meet women, so here goes, Chief. Now look at me, I'm giving you some great advice on how to meet women. Y'all listen to because y'all don't know how to either, so here we go. Just ask, what's the worst they can say? No. Hey, guys in here. Guys in here oh, that are fairly older guys. Raise your hand if a woman's ever told you no. Now, the ones in the line, go ahead and raise your hand, too. Uh, Y'all go, go look around. Y'all look around. Raise your hand. Mr. Bill stuck his hand here. Everyone, see, y'all don't know because y'all won't even ask. The worst they can say is no. Listen, I had a friend when I was about your age. He said, man, you always have a girlfriend. I said, oh, always ask. <laughs> I've had that no, Listen, I've been told no a bunch of times. I've been slapped. I've been all kinds of things. But the worst thing can happen. And here's the deal, man. Girls don't slap that bad. And then listen, I'm going to tell you something. You let 10 of them slap you right in the face, the first one to kiss you, forget about all the 10 slaps. <laughs> Guys, am I telling the truth? So listen, y'all learned something in church. Y'all probably hear nothing else I said except that your friends are stupid and to ask girls out on dates. Good. Your life will be better this year in school. All your friends. Even your friends at school, they're all stupid. And ask the girl out. If she slaps you, you may get slapped ten times. But I'll tell you, one of them kisses you, it's all good. It's all good. And y'all don't want to hang around them girls because they smell way better than y'all do. And if they don't smell better, don't ask that yeah. <laughs> You walk up on her and you can smell her armpit funk over yours, don't keep moving. <laughs> Move on down the road, Chief. I got some other tips for y'all, but that's not during service. I'll give y'all some other tips. Like other ways to tell. <laughs> Hey, and it's a given, bro. If she got an Adam's apple, she ain't a sheep. <laughs> you won't hear that everywhere, but it's true. But our friends are stupid. Our friends have the same opinions we have. You know what they'll do? They'll tell you, oh yeah, they shouldn't have done that to you. Oh yeah, your work's being mean to you. Oh, your boss is being mean to you. Oh, yeah, your spouse is wrong. Nothing. If you have a trouble with your spouse, don't go tell on your friends. I'm just going to lay that out there real easy and quick for you. If you have a trouble with your spouse, do not tell your friends. Because once you long sits over it, they'll still have a grudge against your spouse. Exactly. But they don't know. But we want someone to make us feel better about our words and our thoughts. And how we feel. For the record, I will not be that person for you. 
If you don't know me well enough to know that, if you ask me a question, you will get an actual real answer. And it will be the best I can tell you from the Bible. And it will probably hurt your feelings. Can I get an amen, Cody? Amen. <laughs> Cody is the most recent victim of a Pastor Johnny conversation. Walk away from that thing, women. <laughs> but see, the Word of God doesn't pat me on the back and tell me everybody else is wrong. The Word of God asks me, well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. My Bible says, well, what are you going to do about it? God already secured the victory. He already made you more than a conqueror. He gave you all the tools. Jesus said He gave us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever we bind on earth must be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth must be loosed in heaven. He said you can speak to a mountain and be plucked up and cast into the sea. He said here's all the tools. What are you going to do with it? Oh, not me, Lord. I'm just going to whine. I'm all right. I'm going to whine a while longer. I'm going to sit down over here and lick my wounds and cry a little bit. And I'm going to tell everybody how bad life is on me and how hard it's beating me up. Life's so difficult. One of the best John Wayne quotes of all time is, Life's hard, it's harder when you're stupid. <laughs> you know what messes up my life most of the time? My direction. You know what messes up my direction? Where I, who I'm listening to. Yeah. Brandy's brother was coming down from Nebraska. Uh, for her Paul's funeral. Me and Randy were having fun because Randy was talking to him while he was driving through. Well, Christopher had his GPS going. Well, if he'd have had one of them old things we used to use called a map, <laughs> he would have driven and come in out of Chattanooga into Tupelo, Mississippi, and out of Tupelo, Mississippi into Birmingham, and then he'd come down to Birmingham. And the whole drive would take him about six hours. Well, that's not the way his GPS sent him. Because the, there was a little place where the road was disconnected in Tupelo. So his GPS gave him one of those rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. So it decided it would take him back through Starkville, Mississippi. Which... Of all the other, Jason, I'll show you because you wouldn't understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> so basically, he went here, and his GPS took him back this way, and then down, and then he drove through the armpit of America. <laughs> See, I'm not picking on all of Mississippi, but there's a stretch of Mississippi. Lord have mercy. He drove through the beautiful, amazing towns of Shabuda, Mississippi, <laughs> Bucatuna, Mississippi. Push Matty Hall, Mississippi. <laughs> oh, they all exist. Will Purvis told me one time he lived in the outskirts of Shibuta. I said, son, there are no outskirts of Shibuta. <laughs> Shibuta is the outskirts of the world. I mean... <laughs> I used to tell my sister's best friend, Tracy Johnson, that God made Mississippi so Alabama would feel better about itself. <laughs> Y'all probably guess she was from Mississippi. Best thing ever happened was she sent us a paper, newspaper clipping one time from the state, from the, the, the main. Uh, Main, main paper in, in the state of Mississippi 
and it, let, it said that Mississippi had finally raised their literacy records, or I believe the literacy numbers where they were not the lowest state in the in the country, and the paper spelled misspelled Mississippi. <laughs> It's still one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Now they were just bragging on and on about how they had finally raised the literacy rates in Mississippi and they misspelled Mississippi. They get just that close. But the car, the car he was driving performed flawlessly. His driving is perfect. There wasn't nothing wrong with the roads. Well, I mean, nothing any worse wrong with the roads than standard Mississippi roads. But the directions were wrong. The input. The input was wrong, and so the outcome was wrong. I can't ever expect to walk in God's best if I don't fill myself with God's best. I tell people all the time here, you're living and I'm living below the privilege God has for us, but how do we live in it if we don't know what it is? I watch as society tells women that they're not enough, they're not good enough, they're not pretty enough. You see young girls that are, that are literally... literally Losing their mind to try to compete in this market of what a woman's supposed to look like, and it's just garbage. It's just ridiculous stupidity. I mean, everybody you're looking at on the magazine covers has been touched up, lifted up, pushed up, moved up, taped up. My daddy used to say there's some of those celebrities that if the plastic surgery ever turns loose behind their head, their whole face is just going to fall down. I mean, have y'all have y'all recently seen Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> Son, you ain't seen Sylvester. Look Sylvester Stallone up. Sylvester Stallone looks worse than Kenny Rogers, and bro, that was saying something. <laughs> Kenny Rogers couldn't even move his face. <laughs> What'd you say? Poor Kenny's right, man. Eyebrows just stood there. <laughs> but society tells you you got to look a certain way. Look what it's led to. You read statistics of what our kids have as far as mental health issues. You know what creates that? Inputs. Inputs. Say, so why are you saying that? Because your kids right now aren't old enough to control their inputs. So you have to. Well, they like that. I don't care. Your kid would also like to eat nothing but ice cream every single day of every single meal of every day. But you don't let them. That's okay. You go ahead. You're grown. You're allowed to do anything you want to but it's our job to control what goes inside of them. Yeah. Say, my kid, man, they're so rebellious, what's in them? 
I'll fix it for you. But I got a camp here just a minute. Because we're kids for Sprouts. What are their friends putting in them? Who are their friends? What are their friends' houses putting in them? I'm going to give you a little tip. If you don't really, 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 and I mean no, 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 your kids' friends do not let them stay at someone else's house. That's right. Because see, it used to be, well, we don't know their parents, they might, they might, they might abuse my kid. You don't know what their parents let in their house. Right. You don't know what games they're allowed to play. You don't know what movies they're allowed to watch. You don't know what music they're allowed to listen to. But see, people are like, my kids are rebellious. Well, what movies and music are they listening to? Right. Yeah, that doesn't matter. What are you what are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh, it's just a movie. It's just a music. It's just a game. It's just a song. Let me tell you something. Right now, we can start playing like the hits from the 80s. And most people in this room, you can sing along. Man, I've heard the song in 30 years and you can still sing it. You know why? Because when you listen to something and listen to something and listen to something, it gets in your spirit. It gets on the inside of you. Raise your hand if you're a parent and you know every single thing that your child listens to music-wise. Raise your hand if you're going to. Right now, y'all control it. It's fine. Right now, he's putting those songs in your head. Enjoy that, dude. You say, does it matter? It matters. It matters what we're feasting on. Because whatever goes in will come out. attitude, the actions, and the words that are coming out of your mouth or the children's mouths. Don't worry about what's coming out. Mm -hmm. You worry about what's going in. Mm -hmm. Amen. Say, so, how do I change what's in? Stop listening to certain things and you replace it with the Word of God. You replace it with positive things. You replace it with things that are holy. You replace it with things that actually have the virtues and the values that you wish to have in your life. See, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate. And I, I, I think about this all the time. And, and I don't tell them much because I'm, I'm not really geared that way. But I have an awesome tribe of guys in my life. That they, they extol the virtues that I want to have in my life as a man. And I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for them. I didn't always have that. I used to have a tribe of guys that extol anything except the virtues that I needed to have in my life as a man. Old sayings like, you're known by the company you keep. You've seen some bad parents in action. I saw this one kid in Walmart. Let me tell you something, that kid in Walmart acted just like he did at the house. He didn't know it was Walmart. 
kid to tear your house up because they done torn theirs up. All right, I'm going to quit meddling. Y'all stand up.